Remember to check out episode 19 as I speak to TV supply chain, TV and radio host John Hansen about digital transformation and company culture equaling success in business. So if you want to check that out, that's letstalksupplychain.com forward slash season two dash episode 19. Welcome to Let's Talk Supply Chain. My name is Sarah Barnes Humphrey, and each week I bring you the top supply chain professionals in the industry. You will learn about best practices, new innovation, and most up-to-date information about supply chain. I believe that collaboration is the future of business, and I have designed this show to ensure you have all the information you need to succeed in business and in your supply chain. First, a word from our sponsor, Border Buddy. More and more companies are looking to expand their reach in the global markets, but most don't know where to start or don't have the time to figure it out. Border Buddy sees the struggle and has created a way for you to integrate customs into your e-commerce shopping cart, like Shopify, Magento, eBay, and others, allowing you ease and peace of mind when selling to customers in North America. Your customers will know exactly how much the costs are to import their order from your door to theirs in real time. We're the first API-based custom solution. Just imagine what that will do for your business and your sales. Visit us and sign up for 10% off your first clearance at borderbuddy.com forward slash Let's Talk Supply Chain. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Let's Talk Supply Chain. Today is a big show as I am covering two trending topics in supply chain. One is ICO, which is an initial coin offering, and I'm covering blockchain again. But this time we will be speaking with a company that is using them in temperature control logistics. But first, a quick shout out to my listeners. Thank you for tuning in each week and remember to email me your reviews and your supply chain stories. This show is by a supply chain professional for supply chain professionals. Let's learn from each other. Send me all your stories so we can laugh, we can be inspired, and we can learn from them. So send them to me at listener at letstalksupplychain.com. On this episode, Richard Edel, CEO and co-founder of Smart Containers Group, is here to talk about how they are revolutionizing pharma and food distribution, plus how they are raising money by ICO for a project called LogiChain, which is a logistics ecosystem based on blockchain. Richard Edel is the co-founder and CEO of Smart Containers Group, a Swiss high-tech container provider aiming to create the first fully autonomous container based on blockchain technology, consequently disrupting the logistics industry. Richard holds a Bachelor of Arts in Management from Université de Fribourg and Stanford University California. He helped to build up the Institute for Value-Based Entrepreneurship, IVE, in Switzerland, which provided to more than 2,500 students' business plan creation. So welcome to the show, Richard. I have been looking forward to this interview, and we have so much to cover today. It's a pleasure to be on and share uh, what we're doing in Smart Containers. Yes, I'm so excited. So let's get started. Who is Smart Containers and why did you start the company? 
So we are a Swiss uh, tech company. We started out developing an insulation technology originally for a skyscraper uh, here in Switzerland. And when we pitched our technology for a building of Novartis, the pharma company, they asked us, well, could you build a container to transport high value temperature sensitive products? And that became our first application called SkyCell, which is now uh, the fourth largest provider uh, in air freight uh, containers. And now we're venturing into our second application where we are uh, using the same technology, but for food containers and also smaller boxes to transport, for example, um, yeah, online orders of groceries. Wow, I love that. So just like many supply chain professionals, then you kind of fell into logistics. Correct. Uh, that, that was uh, by coincidence. Great. Yeah, I love that story. A lot of times that you, you find when you talk to supply chain professionals or, or people in the industry, they just sort of fell into it. I think more and more graduates and, and more and more up and comers into supply chain are, you know, taking a career path straight into supply chain. But previously, it's, it's like you kind of fall into it. So I love to hear all of, the, all of those great stories. So can you give our listeners a real life example of how you help companies today? Sure. So um, we have two applications. Uh, let me start with the pharma application, which we do under the brand uh, SkyCell. So SkyCell, we developed uh, a container for air freight. Um, it's significantly safer because we store more energy in it. So the competition, they usually, they're like a flying fridge. So there's a battery driving a compressor. And we developed our proprietary insulation technology, which reflects heat radiation. So that means when we sit on the tarmac in Dubai or somewhere else where it's really hot, 96% of that heat radiation is actually reflected. So it does not go into the container. And the second piece of technology was uh, the way we, we cool and can also heat so we can regulate the temperature inside the container is through um, a special um, chemical composition in the walls. Uh, which are not dangerous and not explosive, et cetera, et cetera, what you need in air freight. And through this combination, we can store five times more energy than that's currently possible. So that means we have 160 hours performance in sort of uh, in the tank. And, uh, but we can also recharge through cold air. So when a container sits in a reefer truck or in a, in a customs warehouse um, waiting for product release, we are actually recharging because it's colder than sort of the melting point in the walls of that chemical. So that's sort of the innovation. And uh, I think the, the second piece that's really interesting is we started uh, about five years ago with integrating data loggers into the containers. And we were able to track where are these containers, how are they doing? And if something goes wrong or not according to plan, we can actually alert the freight folder and say, careful, there's a problem there. In two days' time, if you don't take action today, you will have a problem. And through this information, uh, freight forwarders are able to take action. And this is, in essence, what we sell. We sell safety. So uh, last year, we had less than 0.1% temperature excursion. So that means what out of 100 shipment, how many record, record uh, temperature non-compliance? And normally an in industry average is around 8.5% and we were at less than 0.1. So that's a huge difference. Wow, that's amazing. So who is your target customer? Are you working, you mentioned that you're working with freight forwarders. Are you working with shippers directly? I mean, I guess on maybe a larger scale? 
Yeah. So um, 90% of our sales efforts are with the pharma company because in pharma, it's the pharma company that has to validate the equipment. And then they uh, sort of contract a freight forwarder. They usually have two, three freight forwarders to fly these validated containers around the world. Um, with smaller pharma companies, which there are many, it can be the freight forwarder that offers a total package. But with the larger pharma corporations, the, the Novartis uh, and BMSs of the world, um, they make the decision on packaging. They make the decision on freight forwarder. They even sometimes make the decision on the airline. So they're extremely involved in the whole supply chain. And um, how do you manage the inventory? So do you own the container? Or does the shipper own the container? Yeah, so we are a container operator. We design our own uh, container assets, but we also pool them. So uh, we have roughly 1,400 containers today in the fleet. Um, our goal is to, to produce roughly and manage 10,000 containers. The more containers you have, the less you have to reposition. So that's the beauty of a larger uh, sort of pool. And uh, so we see ourselves as a container pooler that also designs their own assets. Okay, because that was the interesting sort of point for me was, you know, how do you manage? Because obviously the containers are going from one point to another and essentially maybe not going to, from one, like the same company to the same company's facility, just in a different location. You might be de dealing with different companies. So how do you manage that reposition? Correct. So in so pharma is uh, it's very asymmetric. Um, so this can lead to that you have nothing out of uh, Saudi Arabia um, or out of Africa. There is no pharma coming out of there. But that's that's part of the game. Uh, pharmaceutical products are usually produced in in the United States, uh, Europe, and uh, or in in other growing parts in Asia. And uh, so it's normal that uh, a large part of uh, the containers are then traveling empty that can be sea freight, air freight, road freight uh, to, the next, uh, this, uh, the, to the next point of loading. So that's part of the game. Um, pharma companies do not want to share the equipment with, uh, for example, the food industry. That's due to the risk of uh, cross-contamination. So that's why we also decided to separate it by brand. So SkyCell is the pharma uh, company and uh, Food Guardians is the food brand. So we even separated that by brand. The containers uh, look differently. The technology, they may share the technology, but they're separate companies. So that's really interesting because you produce product um, for the logistics industry, but you've also created sort of a supply chain management um issue for yourselves as well which is which is great so you fell into it and and now now you're you're really right into that supply chain management component which is um i really really like that and i and i like the fact that you're able to show you know how you manage that repositioning because it can't be easy like you said you've got you know product in one country it could be empty and then you've got to move it to the other location. So you've got to make sure that, you know, you've got the healthy margins and the revenue there to be able to account for that as well, I would imagine. Correct. So it's a combination of uh, partnerships. So we have uh, really strong partnerships with uh, top freight forwarding companies, Kuninagel, DHL, and a couple of others coming up. We have strong partnerships with airlines. So right now we have Emirates and uh, Cargolux. 
Uh, we have you know, three more airline partnerships coming up in the next couple of uh, months. So this is actually part of uh, the repositioning and doing that at good rates and finding complementary business. But I think it comes down to software. Knowing where the next demand of a container will be is actually key to our industry. So we started early on moving away from an Excel kind of way of managing inventory to, to uh, then programming our own ERP system. So when a container, for example, was booked from Europe to, um, let's say, Brazil, uh, we then decided, is it flying back to Europe or is it going to the United States? Because we have a, business, we have a customer from there. And this is part of our know-how is how do we pool, so repositioning empties around the world. And this can be also due to demand pattern. So, for example, Q4 is, is also in pharma, the strongest month uh, or the strongest quarter in, in, uh, in the year and late November, early December. This is really when a lot of the fleet needs to be in Europe and the United States to, to manage this outbound to the rest of the world. That's interesting, and I wonder if it could be replicated on the ocean side, but that's that's a discussion for later on in this interview. So um, smart containers, and what I'm really excited about to talk to you uh, about today is that you have been working on an ICO, so an initial coin offering, um, and a lot of my listeners are supply chain professionals, shippers, freight forwarders, um, carriers, steamship lines. Everybody's hearing the term ICO. I'm not sure how many people really know about it. Um, there's a lot of investment happening on the ICO side. So why don't you tell us about your recent ICO, what what it is, and why you decided to go sure. that route. So an ICO usually stands for uh, initial coin offering, but it can be also token-generated events. So there are a couple of names for the same thing. In essence, this is the modern share. So this is a digital share. Um, it gives, it can be very different. So coins or tokens can, they can be designed in individual ways. In our case, we designed a profit share token. So all uh, tokens represent 20% of future uh, profits. That's, that's quite an innovative concept. Um, they can be linked also to equity. They could be linked to debt. So it's, it's a very modern way to finance something. Um, the beautiful thing um, is also it's, it's, it's almost code is law in the sense on what we agree on in writing, we can actually code. So when we uh, issue a dividend, automatically 20% is distributed um, to the token holders. So there is no additional process uh, to do that. So it's actually really easy to administrate then also this global uh, shareholder or this global token holder uh, base. So administration part also becoming very efficient. It also makes it very easy for people to participate in, in such an investment program. Um, th this, however, is very regulatory driven now. So for example, we could not accept investors from the United States um, because you need uh, specific regulatory approvals per jurisdiction. And uh, so as a Swiss company, we focused on Europe and uh, parts of Asia for this fundraise. Interesting. And so why did you, uh, well, before I get into that, but so I guess it would be a lot more secure then, right? Than a paper-based investment. So I wouldn't say that per se. So security is, uh, I mean, there, there, there are also risks. 
Um, so in essence, you're wiring uh, money or sending money either through uh, converting it to, to, for example, a digital currency like Bitcoin or Ether, and then giving that to, to the company. Um, and in that process, money can also be lost. So there were uh, ICOs that got hacked. So the security part of an ICO is becoming very important and to have the right uh, partner. So we teamed up with uh, the leader here in that space in Switzerland, and uh, they had a very close eye on it uh, on the security side. So for example, and on day one, actually, we had a massive uh, hat- hacker attack, but because we were prepared, that was a couple of minutes, and then we were back to normal. So uh, we, no funds were ever at risks. And it's, that's how, it's, uh, how you design such a, a global uh, fundraising event. And I guess that's an important point to note for some of the listers and potential investors in an ICO is that uh, to make sure that you do have those backup plans in place on the security side um, in case a hack were to happen. So why did you decide to go the ICO route to yeah. raise money? So uh, s- traditionally we raised uh, equity. So we, we raised before roughly $30 million uh, in equity before and um, because pharma is a business-to-business kind of uh, setup. But going now direction food, we saw that this is more driven by also to some degree consumers. And we said we want to have a global investor base that are sort of our brand ambassadors. And um, so that was a theory. And through the ICO, we got three very interesting, uh, there are investors at one side, but they're also uh, becoming big customers. So one, for example, is one of the largest salmon producers in Norway. Um, they ship salmon all over the world, but specifically to Asia and to the high-end restaurants. They saw that they're losing a lot of product. So the clients did not accept the product that we're selling because they did, the quality deteriorated. And they said, can you design us a box? And so this is actually how we got our first uh, very large client uh, in that space. The second one became the hotel industry. In Vietnam, and then a similar case came up in the hotel industry in Dubai. So, as you can see, it's food is more uh, easily understandable for for people, and so I think it was a it was a good call to 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 look sort of for our brand ambassadors in the world. Great. So, what does the ICO mean for investors? So they they come and they invest their money. With you, and then what happens? Okay, so I can give you our process, and then that may differ or definitely differs for the majority of other ICOs. Um, So the majority of ICOs today, they are a utility token. So the token is sort of required to make the system work. So it's like the the fuel for this uh, ecosystem. In our case, uh, this, this is not the case. Uh, the SMARC token represents 20% of uh, future profits. So we take the, the, the raised funds and we invest them in the company and uh, either through dividends or through uh, selling a division or an application, uh, we, we generate dividends and 20% of that go to the token holders automatically. So this is different from the majority of other uh, tokens out there. Um because the majority of other tokens tend to be utility tokens or another um, another token can be, for example, payment tokens so that it's, it's like a currency. 
Okay, that was sort of my question because a lot of times when you're hearing about ICO, you're, you're hearing about uh, producing a token that can be used as a sort of currency. Um, but in your case, that's, it's not, you're not actually selling a currency. Correct. We're closer to a share uh, than, than a currency because people participate or investors participate in future profits. So that um, we wanted to be, it to be as close as possible to a traditional investment uh, tool. So people are familiar with, uh, with traditional investment tools. I like that. I like that a lot um, because a lot of times with, you know, the cryptocurrency, the different currencies, um, you know, it gets a little bit complicated. Not everybody really understands how to use the tokens and they have to use them in a, spe in a specific way or on a specific platform. Um, and it, it, it kind of limits it for investors. So I like the way that you have put yours together. So then tell us, what is the money going to be used for? I know you said that the money is going to be reinvested in the business. Um, but I believe that you're using it in, you know, for, for a few different things. Yeah. So roughly more than half goes to further developing uh, sky cells or building more containers. We're launching two more applications. So one is a direct-to-patient application. So that means it's a very small, uh, I wouldn't say box because it sounds degrading, but it, for missing a better word, it's just a really small uh, shipping device to, to send, for example, a single uh, syringe to a patient. And uh, so that's roughly five times smaller than what's used today. And in logistics, volume and weight is, is, uh, is cost. So by making it smaller, on the one side, we reduce the costs of delivery, but on the second side also, it becomes a lot easier to handle. So um, we have some funny pictures where a nurse uh, receives our box versus the old box, and uh, the, the nurse was not even seen behind the box because it's so big. And with us, she can just carry it in one hand. So size is really, I think, uh, will be very important. It's also driving the convenience of patients. So having the option to ship, for example, your prescription medication to your hotel room in Hawaii or to bring it on a business trip, uh, for example, to, to somewhere else. So these were sort of the, the, the driving factors why we said we have to do this now. We've invested now three years into R&D and now it's investing into the production and the ramp up of, of this new product category for us. And the second size in that uh, on the pharma side will be also a regional distribution box, um, sort of uh, to, to ship to pharmacies, to ship to, um, to the hospitals. So we are complementing our fleet uh, size from the very big boxes that we have today, pallet size containers, down to one syringe and in the middle to multiple packs. Wow, that's um, I'm sure it's going to totally revolutionize, you know, the, the logistics side of, of pharma. So congratulations to you. Yeah, this this so there the ambition is large, uh, is very big. Um, my dream customer here would be, for example, Amazon. So Amazon is rumored to go into pharma distribution for quite a while. Um, it's not as easy as you would think. Uh, so one is uh, definitely this cold chain aspect temperature control of pharmaceuticals is heavily regulated. So to build up these capabilities, you need on the one hand side technology like us, but also uh, freight forwarding capabilities to ship this uh, around the world with regulatory approval. Um, so that's definitely very, very interesting. And uh, from what we've seen, 
the packaging side of direct to patient is going to be a roughly a two and a half billion dollar market per year. So very, very attractive market as well. And um, on the other side, the food side, I think that's driven by consumer trends. People want to shop online. People want to uh, reduce the time that they spend uh, shopping groceries every week. So the trend uh, to just go online and uh, have your local supermarket uh, ship it to your home or, for example, your favorite butcher um, being able to send it to, to your grill uh, for your Saturday grill party. I think that's, uh, that's the need that we're filling there. So these will be very similar to the farmer regional distribution box in the sense we believe they will stay in a region and uh, there probably it's the supermarket chains that will um, rent them on a longer period. So usually an annual rental is what we see as a trend. And then they uh, ship it to um, people's homes and then the next day uh, the postal service can pick them up again and bring the empty boxes back to the fulfillment center. And so they rotate between fulfillment center and uh, the consumers. Great. I love how you, um, how you're already thinking about the repositioning. I mean, I guess you have to as well, but at the same time that you're, you're looking at the manufacturing and the, the production of the actual um, product that you're providing to the, to the logistics industry, you're also, you know, um, coming up with a solution for that repositioning side as well. Yeah, I think that that became clear when we worked on SkyCell. If you design a product, you have to really look at the whole process, how it's used throughout the life cycle. And uh, so we saw in in food, this will be different. Uh, we will be less involved. And so we will concentrate more on designing the hardware, but also designing the software but and teaching uh, than the the. the the, the supermarket chains, how to best use them and further optimize those processes with them. So we're less involved than we are on the pharma side where we do some logistics support activities uh, that will not happen on the on the food side because they're, they're much better than us. So we just focus on what we are good at. We are good at designing the hardware and giving them the software to manage those uh, boxes. Great, great. So I, also, I think that the ICO is also being used for Logichain and Logicoin. Can you tell us a little bit more about what that is? Yeah. So we saw when you manage containers of different sizes, there's a lot of logistics overhead, sharing information. And so uh, logistics studies have shown that uh, to ship a sea freight container from China to Europe or to the United States requires up to 200 communications. So they can be emails, phone calls, uh, just keeping people up to date. And this is the beauty, beautiful part about the blockchain. You can put the information on there and then it's accessible to everyone. So it's not on one central database or one central server, but it's sort of in this, I always call it the, the, the virtual cloud, sort of the cloud ERP system, where you can easily give people access to information they should have. You can push information um Etc. So it's a lot easier to connect uh, people that are normally not connected in a digital way, and they just send each other unstructured emails. So that's the ambition of Logi Chain, and because we should not be able to dominate the Logi Chain system, we decided let's put that into a foundation, and uh, so it's uh, our our goal is to, to that it develops something in like Linux. So Linux is an open source system that everybody can use. 
but then it's also used by by different companies and they specialize and they add modules and then they create an industry solution. And that's what we want to do here for LogiChain, that it becomes sort of an open source system for logistics companies to connect and share information. And, and then you have also specialists that are adding um, their their individualized modules and others can use them as well, but that costs something. So for example, you could have a payment module or for example, an insurance module. So when you ship a sea freight container uh, through the system, uh, the majority of functionality is for free. But if you also want to have the container insured through a smart contract, uh, then there could be a small fee of, for example, four cents. So it's super affordable. And uh, that's the ambition of uh, LogiChain. So that, that's a very long-term view. I think it will take us a couple of years to get there, but we hope that we can have a running uh, beta version and Q1, Q, maybe Q4 this year, maybe Q1 next year. So that we're working on that. Great. So is that going to be focused on pharma and food specifically as industries, or is that for logistics as a whole? Yeah, it's industry agnostic. Um, but we will be the first users. So uh, SkyCell and Food Guardians will be the first two users, clients, so to say, of this ecosystem. Um, so we will start there. Um, but we're looking for partners to join. So and this can be larger in logistics uh, groups. This can be uh, SMEs. This can be also airlines talking to airlines to join the ecosystem. In, the, in essence, we want to create a standard to, to a standardized way to share information in the system and uh, how to retrieve the information. The beautiful part about blockchain is you can regulate sort of, you can set who has access to information. So this is called permissive and non-permissive uh, blockchain. And uh, so certain information or shipment should be known to everybody or everybody should be able to look it up. Is it a dangerous good? How do I handle it? What are the weights? Uh, how heavy is it? What forklift do I need? that kind of information. And then there's other information that's, uh, I wouldn't call it secret, but uh, it's a client, um, sort of client privilege. And there you, you uh, only the client or the freight forwarder can see the information in code terms. Um, you, you can have uh, airway bill documents in there, or in the future, you can even include customs. So that's sort of the two sides of uh, the logic chain. You have this public information and then also this um, confidential information in there. So if I was a customer looking to use LogiChain, can you paint me a picture of what the benefits would be? How would it help my my company? All right. Let's say you're a medium-sized freight forwarder and you have a network of freight forwarders that you work with around the world. And you've had difficulties connecting your different ERP systems because everyone migrating to a new system all the time. You would agree that as a common interface, you would use LogiChain and uh, you would use the, the modules defined in there to, for example, execute a sea freight shipment or an air freight shipment or a road freight shipment. And that way you, you store the information in there. And what you get out of it is a super cheap way to share information. So our goal is that it costs less than five cents uh, to execute a shipment. Um, I think if you have 10 ERP systems uh, working at the same time, uh, th their cost must be at least 10 times higher. So it's it's costs on the one side and on the other side, a lot easier way to connect different players around the world, uh, making one shipment happen for uh, 
shipper. Great. Well, I'm excited to see, you know, how it's going to be used and, and um, as you guys go into development and, and once you're ready to launch, I mean, it's very, very exciting. There's a lot of different things happening in logistics. There's a lot of different platforms and ecosystems coming up. And um, I think that you're of the same mindset that I am, um, that the logistics industry needs a lot more collaboration. Yeah, I think uh I think this is the next step in logistics. Um, logistics can't consolidate even further. <laughs> uh, even, I mean, as an example, uh, DHL still operates 26 different ERP systems in their own company. Uh, wow. So just consolidation doesn't really work or it takes too long. So I think there's a big chance for, for SME and larger freight forwarders to connect. Uh, through open source systems like like what we want to propose and in essence to provide a better service for end customers this is what it's all about can we do it better and cheaper for end customers and earn more money in between absolutely i completely agree that it's all about the shippers and i think sometimes we lose sight of that because we get sort of into our own company and and the industry as i've said before has been quite siloed in the past and it's almost what most companies know how to do. Um, so it's just about changing that mind mindset, becoming a lot more collaborative. And um, I love to see that happen on Logichain. So excited to see where that goes. So you have a lot going on at Smart Containers. I mean, with this ICO and the investment happening in the different divisions of your company, What's next for smart containers? You know, what does maybe the, the next two to three years look like for you? Well, they're defined by our clients. So on the SkySell side, uh, we experience now massive growth on the container business. So executing on that, we're building containers like crazy. Um, I think if we continue like this, we should have the largest fleet uh, operating in the world in three years. And... Um, so it's executing on that. The second one is bringing to market these two new products, direct to patient and also this regional distribution box on the SkySend side. And on Food Guardians, it's uh, starting. It's bringing to market the regional distribution box for for uh, the Walmarts uh, and Sears of the world. And also, yeah, potentially new players like the Googles and Amazons that want to get into uh, e-commerce of uh, fresh food. So it's, uh, it's mainly defined by implementing and executing on what we've been preparing for a long time. Absolutely. How, how long have you been in business to get to this point? Um, the company is now close to five and a half years old. Um, we did two more years uh, R&D on the hardware. So it's close to seven and a half years. Uh, but I would say since uh, five and a half years, it's a business. Wow, good for you. I mean, it's it's a long road for entrepreneurs and entrepreneurship. And um, I've, I'm sure you've seen a lot of changes in the logistics industries from the time that you started all of that R&D to, to where you are now. And it looks like Smart Containers um, is really making a positive impact in the environment and in the industry. And and um, so congratulations to you, because I, I think that, that is a, that's a really big accomplishment. Um, including your recent ICO. Thank you very much. Yeah. So um, 
you know, I'm excited to see where you guys are going with Amazon and Walmart. I mean, that's got to be something that you are um, really excited about. And I love the fact that you will take the customer's ideas and actually run with it. Like you're, you're innovative enough that um, you will make changes and make sure that it works for your customers. And so I think that, you know, for my listeners, your company is really one to watch because I think that's also the way forward into the future. So before we wind this down, where can listeners connect with you and the company? Because I'm sure after this interview, there's going to be a lot of people that are going to want to pick your brain and, and talk to you about some of the things that you've done and some of the things that you're working on. Sure. So our website is probably the, the easiest way to start. So www.smartcontainers.ch. That's the parent company that uh, operates and owns uh, the two applications. And the individual websites for the pharma containers are, for example, www.skycell.ch, pharma containers and foodguardians.ch for the uh, food application. So definitely there. That's a good point to start. Uh, I'm on LinkedIn. People always can connect with me on LinkedIn and uh, take it from there. Um, the phone numbers of the companies uh, is on the web. So people can always call, the, call us and uh, connect with me. Great. Well, I hope that Richard and I have been able to shed some light on ICO, blockchain, and smart contracts today. With so many great ideas and innovation coming into the supply chain industry, it's hard to keep on top of the ways to move your business into the future. Thank you, Richard. Uh, your team was amazing for making this interview happen. And remember to connect with them. I will have all of the information at letstalksupplychain.com forward slash season two dash episode 20. So thank you, Richard, for coming on the show today. Thank you. It was a pleasure. If you liked this episode, be sure to check out season two dash episode 15 and 16, where I speak to the blockchain experts and break down what the hype is all about for blockchain and what that means for you and your business. Next time on Let's Talk Supply Chain, Jonathan Gorenstein, VP of Colliers, joins me to talk about the industrial real estate market in Canada, what it means for U.S. companies looking to enter into the market, and how early you should start speaking to an expert. Remember to send me your supply chain stories and reviews to be featured on the show. And go to ships.com, that's S-H-I-P-Z.com, to sign up and learn more about the supply chain ecosystem my team and I are building. Thank you for all the love and support. Have an amazing day. And remember, everybody, ship happens. Ship happens.